three, two, one, and we're going. Okay, welcome everyone to Friendship and a Two Friends podcast. As always, I am Kenny here with Malcolm, my old and dear friend. Hello, Malcolm. Hey, buddy. How are you? Very good. This is kind of exciting. We're doing this on a Saturday afternoon where usually this happens at like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night. So I feel a really casual, casual pace, casual conversation today, and I like it. It's comfortable. Yeah, it's uh, afternoon where you are, evening here, mm-hmm. but uh, still, yeah, early evening as opposed to, yeah, 11 o'clock or midnight. And uh, yeah, it is a little bit more relaxing, I think, to do it on a Saturday as well. I've done nothing today all day in preparation <laughs> for this podcast. So <laughs> Preparing your mind and body. Yes, I had to rest friendship. before this. This is my yes. work. This so, is my temp. So before we get into things, we have a, a little bit of business I'd like to cover. Um, first thing is uh, Friendship And, as you may be listening right now, uh, is now on iTunes. And so um, when things are on iTunes, if they are uh, reviewed – whether that's positive or negative, that we would hope positive. Um, it makes them easier to find and gives them just a little bit more iTunes street cred. So uh, so we're running a little Two Friends promotion right now, where if you review this podcast on iTunes and then send us some kind of proof in some form that you posted a review, um, and that hopefully it was kind, <laughs> um, we, will, we will send you an original drawing by one of the Two Friends. Um, Malcolm, do you possess any artistic ability in the visual no. arts? No. no. Nor do I. <laughs> no, that should make it real fun. <laughs> but uh, but so if you um, so our our email address is friendshipandpodcast at gmail dot com. The and on that is spelled out, so friendshipandpodcast at gmail dot com. And so if you send uh, proof that you reviewed it. Um, then we will, will, and you send us our address, we'll send you a, a bad drawing of something. And if you, and if you have a specific request, um, I guess you can, uh, what you want that drawing to be, we can send you that as well. Um, that's all I had at the beginning. Do you have anything, Malcolm? Anything you'd like to, any uh, news, any business, any important announcements? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the only thing I would say, this is, uh, probably my my last podcast for a couple of weeks here a week or two i'm going on a, a paternity leave from the <laughs> podcast uh i'll have to continue my real job because uh uh that's the way the world works but for the sake of this podcast uh take i i am gonna take a couple weeks off welcoming a new uh new baby to the family uh so that's exciting but i believe we're gonna have a couple of guest uh guest stars in my uh, in my stead. I don't know if stars is the right word. Oh yes. Guest hosts. <laughs> guest guest hosts, guest stars. Yeah, so we are so yeah, so we we have a few um interesting people lined up to uh to however inadequately um fill Malcolm's fill the void. Fill the void for for a couple brief weeks while you introduce a, a new little Malcolm to the world. That's exciting. Yeah, I uh I, I this is I, this really happened to me today. I was driving around driving back from Target and uh, uh, with uh, arms wide open, came on the radio, and it just it hit me right in the feels, Kenny. You know how I feel about Creed. I, I know. It's, <laughs> it seems your life is going to change, Malcolm. It seems my life is going to change. I'm going to show him everything with arms remember, wide open. I'm sure you do, but do you remember that music video? Like, oh, I have, you don't? So weird. Oh, you do? No, okay. Because it is weird. like – 
it's one of those things where I've, you know, it's, it probably, that song was probably popular when we were, what, like, 12, 13, maybe, Malcolm? Like, yeah, like, around, like around then? Right. Yeah. And I, and I was just, uh, I was just discovering MTV, and, you know, people have been lamenting how MTV doesn't show music videos for basically as long as I've been alive and known about yeah. MTV, but, like, but like even then, it was it was during the summers. There was still like pretty big chunks where where it was music videos, and uh, and yeah, I have such I have such clear memories of seeing that music video because there's like there's like meteors and he's walking through a cave at some point, right? And he's like jumping over yeah. a fire. It's like he's in Mordor kind of, but also like in some like pastoral English countryside. It's it's I don't I don't quite get Kenny. What you don't get is the symbolism of him. <laughs> fighting through uh, the dangers of this mortal world for the sake of his unborn son. Oh, I got it. Him. Oh, I got no, it. <laughs> well, if you got it, you would call it beautiful. But you seem to be confused by it. That's true. I am, I am, no, I'm kidding. I'm chi- I'm it childless, was, it was so. super weird. And the song is, I mean, not good. Like, let's be honest. The song is, is not good. The, the song is, it's a guilty pleasure. I can say that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't own it. I don't think I've, can I deviate for a brief moment? I know we haven't even gotten to the topic yet, but you mentioned guilty pleasures. And yeah. I just wanted to mention one of mine that came up last night uh, here at my house. Uh, well, I guess two. Number one, I'm already in the Christmas spirit. I am sipping eggnog. I'm watching Christmas movies, all that good stuff. It is uh, early November, and I am all about it. Uh, but this is going to sound really weird, but I – I came to a realization last night that one of my guilty pleasures is almost any movie with Tim Allen in it. I find him to be very aesthetically pleasing to me. Like just his comedy, his appearance, his look, it all, it works. I had a, uh, that's, have we talked about Tim Allen, Tim Allen before? Are you prodding me with this? Or do you like, or, or did I you, have not prodding you, with did you. Did you just stumble this, over, you just pushed a Kenny button that you didn't even know you pushed. I didn't mean to. Uh, I, yeah. I stumbled upon this because last <laughs> night I started my Christmas watching with, uh, I was searching desperately for the Santa Claus because that is one of my faves. Could not find it. Settled for Christmas with the Cranks, which is an otherwise bad movie. But if you enjoy Tim Allen to the level that I do, <laughs> You're able to peacefully watch it and sip on some eggnog, and uh, so this and get, is get the holiday spirit. So this is actually this is a a strange but fitting segue into our topic, and so I'm gonna try to do a roundabout way to get into it here. So uh, so Tim Allen is one of these people who I find at least maybe it's just under the people that I interact with is like I can say hated. Like I like I like I have gotten into some extreme conversations where people just do not like Tim Allen for whatever reason. And I remember in high school there was a group of people I was hanging out with and where I would argue that home improvement was like without irony like one of the funniest sitcoms I've ever seen. Like like I just like it, it's one yeah. of those things that it's just like is you know for all of its sort of lack of sophistication. Like it just it 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 gets me every time. It works. It works. And I like probably every, have, it, it all fit together. Like I love it. And yeah. I probably haven't seen an episode in five years or so. I don't. I don't own any of it. But I would just catch relentless shit for how fun. Like it was a thing that people would bring up to like poke at me because they knew that I that I liked Tim Allen and found him funny and that uh 
and, and, and that that is sort of a mark against me. And so it's it's interesting that that you seem to have similar feelings and feelings that I don't that I assume and at least in my sort of chunk of the world aren't very popular about Tim Allen. Yeah. Because well, my uh, wife was a little confused because we were looking for the Santa Claus. And then I was like, oh, this will work. This is Christmas with the Cranks. And she goes, what do you mean this will work? Like, this isn't – like, it's not It's, it's not, not on the, the same, same level of quality. It's well, There's nothing similar about it. And I go, no, but it's Tim Allen. It's just fine. So Tim Allen, our, our love of Tim Allen precedes us knowing each other, right? Oh, yeah. It sounds – this sounds like we're making this up. I, I don't think we've ever talked about this We've before. never talked about it before. So let because me – I think let we me, both we have the shame of mentioning Tim Allen and our love for him in front of other people. Sure. So let me – okay. So so indulge me for for a minute while, yes, I, ba- while I back into the topic. So, so our affection for Tim Allen is something inherent in us in the way we see the world, right? Like you could probably make an argument that – Liking Tim Allen suggests something about the way you approach. I don't know comedy, or it's maybe maybe that's too ambitious. But and I don't feel like unpacking that right now, so I'm just gonna let that stand undefended. So, but but it, but it predates us knowing each other, and these are the kind of moments that I value in friendship when you're digging through something, and all of a sudden you discover. This little truth, this little morsel that both of you share, and those are like these little electric charges. Then that that sort of illuminate other things about your relationship, and sort of tighten this bond of friendship even more. All right, am I overstepping here, or am I, or am I good so far? Is this okay? It sounds it sounds beautiful. So, thank you. So <laughs> so today's topic is um. Is is friendship and Michel de Montaigne, which I know <laughs> is just the most alienating topic. To this will like, never get listened to. Like, if I was looking at a list of podcasts, Kenny, it would say it would say soda, Bob <laughs> Dylan, whatever you just said. Malcolm, what do you and know? I about, love it. What do you know about Michel de Montaigne? Anything? It's like I, you. you don't need, I can't even say. You don't, it. You don't need to. Like, it's not like... <laughs> it's, the, so it's, 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 it's not the, like... I'm not like, oh, how dare you, sir? Not no. So, Michelle de Montaigne um, is writing in the late 16th century. Um, and so he is writing in France. And uh, he's mostly known for his essays. So he, he was one of the first people to sort of perfect what, like... What eventually would, you know, fast forward 500 years or so, um, like he's kind of the original think piece writer in a way. Like he's, he's, he's one of the first people to, um, to sort of meld current events, philosophy, um, along with his own personal experiences, which is like sort of the big innovation here, where people have always, you know, like journals have always been a thing, and philosophy has always been a thing, and you know, the political essay has been a thing for a while. But he he was a person who was able to sort of stir all of these into this sort of delicious thick stew, and really sort of open up new avenues into the way we approach the world. I mean, he went on to influence people like Shakespeare and sort of pretty much anyone who who you know wrote afterwards whether they know it or not so when we so when we started this podcast 
um, I started looking up what some writers have said about friendship with the idea that every once in a while, <laughs> between our episodes on soda and our uninformed opinions on politics, we'd have a little bit of a, we could pretend to be a little highbrow for a second and then immediately tear that veil away when people realize we don't know what we're talking about, okay? So um, so, so from time to time, I, I, I want to do some episodes where we bring in what some famous writer has said on friendship, and then basically we'll just go through and pick apart some of the claims that they make and see whether we still think they're applicable or not. With the idea being that, you know, after several, you know, already I feel like after, what have we done, six, seven episodes, maybe less, um, I feel like I already have a have a more focused idea of what at least our friendship looks like, maybe not friendship in general, but so maybe yeah. by, by talking about what smart people have said about friendship in the past, we can have a better idea about what our own current situation is like. So, so Montaigne has a, has, has a famous essay, um, cause, cause his big, he published a lot of these thoughts in just this volume called Essays, which is sort of his main work. And in that is a really famous piece called, conveniently enough, On Friendship. And so, on fr so that, that's what we're going to work through. Not the whole thing, obviously, but I just pulled out a few sentences from the essay, um, and I thought that maybe we could just debate their veracity. Does that sound boring as shit, or does that sound interesting? Or I, like, I really don't know how this even works. Are you, are you ready for this, Malcolm? I am as ready as I will ever be. <laughs> All right, so let's just go. So I'm ready. No, so, I, so, I, I didn't mean for that to sound negative. I'm excited. So... Montaigne, if I can lecture for just one more minute, is um, so this essay itself is not completely going to be palatable, obviously, to someone in 2016. There is a healthy peppering of misogyny through it. Um, there is, there is, there is some, um, there is some appeals to uh, to sort of Latin and Greek philosophers. And but not just like not just sort of your like your a like sort of your a list ones your Aristotle's and your Plato's and stuff, but also people who just who I can't even pronounce their names because I've never heard of them before in my life. So it's like this is so so you know so it's not so you know this is your way of getting what the essay says without you actually having to read it. So we're doing you we're doing you a big service here, and the essay opens with with Montaigne talking about. A, uh, talking about a, a friendship he had that he made actually in older age with this person who is now dead and how the ways of this friendship illuminated different pieces of his personality, okay? And so here's the first thing I have underlined. So let's see. There, so let's work through this, Malcolm. Montaigne says, There seems to be nothing for which nature has better prepared us than for fellowship, okay? And then he says, Within a fellowship... The peak of perfection consists in friendship. What do you, oh. think, uh, what do you think about that, Malcolm? Is that, that see to me this that isn't really an awe sentiment for a couple of reasons because because when he's talking about fellowship, he's not just talking about friends. Like fellowship, he's talking about all the different ways that we interact with our fellow human beings, right? So in a way, yeah. that that claim towards to, that friendship is this peak of fellowship. That really does exclude our relationships with our families, our relationships with our um, – with I mean, in your instance, it would be you know, your wife even. He actually says that specifically in the essay later, how he finds 
he finds a friendship to be a deeper connection than even a, a true friendship, which he also has, he plays around with the difference between sort of friendships of convenience and like a true sort of soul friendship. But he argues that that is a deeper and a higher peak of perfection than even one would have with, with your wife. As someone who is married, uh, <laughs> what do you think about something like that? Well, uh, I mean, I think it's not true, but it's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I guess my my initial response would be that uh, in a way, I'm thinking how to put this. I'll, I'll phrase it to you this way, Kenny. You and I are close friends. We are very close friends. Indeed. And I promise you that we have had and will have far less uh, uh, fights or hostile interactions than I've had with my wife. Like, so in that, like, if, okay. if I, you, you, does that make, like, oh, so in, in some sense, if you say friendships are better, I'm like, well, I'm probably like, I, I don't fight with my friends to the same level that I sometimes have disagreements with my wife, but uh, b- because the stakes aren't as high. Does that like, like, my wife and I are okay. sort of planning a life, and especially now that we have a kid and almost two, you know, the the, the stakes are pretty high, and mistakes uh, can lead to sort of, you know, not wanting to make that mistake again. You and I are very close, but I don't know if the stakes are ever, you know, sort of to that level. And so in a weird way, I'm like, yes, I guess, you know, my friendships certainly cause less conflict in my life, but – but I think that's because they're not they're, it's not the same type of closeness as i would I would consider it with the spouse. What's the so 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 sort of unpack that a little bit more. like how how do the closenesses differ? I mean, obviously, there's sort of the the physical element, yes. and yeah. and so but but is there is there another kind of way? I mean, I mean, what kind? Like, like what, what specific kind of intimacies are, are sure. barred from a friend as opposed to a spouse? Yeah, I, I, I think it's just um, uh, there is this idea that uh, – th- there's this idea when you get married, I think, that and, – and this is a little bit of, I think, of a religious thing as well, mm-hmm. um, where sort of the idea of two becoming one and you sort of – you try to operate in some sense. I mean, obviously we're still two distinct people, but you do sort of have this idea in your head of what, what I do has negative repercussions for could have negative repercussions for someone else, my spouse. And that in turn hurts me. If my spouse is hurt, I'm hurt. If, uh, if she, if she's upset, I'm upset. If I'm upset, she's upset. Uh, to be honest so, with you, Kenny, as close as we are, I don't feel that. When you're upset, I can try to empathize with you. I can try to, you know, talk to you and make you feel better. But I don't go, oh, Kenny's upset, which means I'm upset. Like Kenny's hurting, which means I'm hurting. Like it, it's just not that. It's not to that level. Okay. Let me... We are two distinct. We, you and I are, t- and friends are two distinct people. Uh, whereas I do think there's some level when you get married of this idea of, okay, we are sort of in some ways operating as one kind of entity sometimes socially in the world. Sure. So I think, I think where Montaigne would maybe poke on that 
is the idea that this relationship with your wife, excuse me, um, one maybe isn't isn't even really a friendship. And I think we've already talked about this a little bit in other podcasts too, but it's not friendship in, in the same way, which obviously, you know, we've sort of touched on before and let's, let's see. So in, in this paragraph, I was kind of looking for, it. I don't think this is the exact one I'm looking for, but, um, but so Montana again, in some of the, in, in some of the passages that are maybe the least palatable to uh, a 2016 audience, um, he, he talked about sort of the difference because for a while, sort of backpedaling here. So the, the idea of sort of friendships between men and their power, and even the idea that they are in some way more spiritually whole, you know, like even more otherworldly in a certain way, just because they're not tied to sort of any desires of the flesh to use sort of an older language. Um, that, that, that goes way, that goes back to the, you know, the Greeks even this idea that there are certain, that there are certain friendships between men, um, that are that sort of achieve some sort of higher plane. Again, I'm not arguing for that necessarily, but that's, <laughs> but but there's a section where he sort of is talking about that idea, um, and so specifically he's talking about um, friendships between men, men and women, and what he sees some of the the sort of intricacies there. So how about this? As soon as it enters the territory of friendship, where wills work together, that is, it languishes it being sort of the, the mutual feeling, and grows faint. To enjoy it is to lose it. Its end is in the body and therefore subject to satiety. Friendship on the other, uh, friendship on the contrary is enjoyed in proportion to our desire, since it is a matter of the mind with our souls being purified by practicing it. It can spring forth, be nourished, and grow only when enjoyed. So w- when I hear something like that, I say that, so th- this idea that 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 sort of desire, the sort of the, the more sort of physical desire, that he argues that that is based on an appetite, really, that once it's satiated, um, kind of diminishes. I, I mean, do you do you? Is there any? So quick, it sounds like yeah. It, maybe maybe correct me if I'm way off base here. If if I was translating that to a 2016 mm-hmm. audience, it sounds like what you're saying is no men Mont- and women. Mont- Montaigne, let's let's not let's not sounds put like, his... <laughs> Sounds like what Montaigne is saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, is that uh, men and women who are friends, that friendship cannot maintain be either when or because of like the this idea of physical intimacy so this idea that it sounds like he's rejecting this idea of friends with benefits like as soon as you sort of get to that physical sort of intimacy you lose some of the parts of friendship that are well i mean i i don't think i don't think he's I, I think the idea of friends with benefits is going to be relatively foreign with him i think i think i think what that passage is rejecting is the idea Hey, I think it's suggesting that if men and women are interacting, I think to I think it would be hard. I think he would have trouble making the argument that men and women can even be really true friends, friends. just because, as it says, as he suggests, there's he would imply that there's some sort of latent desire there that's always looking to be satisfied, which, again, 
not me. This is what I'm. This is what. Well, what do you think, though? I think there. I I don't know. I think that's an interesting question in and of itself. This idea of men and women sort of being friends, uh, without that, particularly if if the, if they're in a relationship. I think that that's an interesting question. I'll be honest with you. I am as a married man. I am weary of having a friend that is a woman. Uh, how come? Because of how it is. Because of I I don't know because I think it's it's I don't want to say I'm worried about like how my wife would like I think my wife would understand and be, so like I don't I don't think trust is an issue uh-huh. but I think there is a perception from the world of like there's a boundary there and that boundary is sort of like okay this this shouldn't really turn into like a close friendship like this should stay you know acquaintances or you know uh, very a very loose friendship versus I think it would be strange if I said, hey, I'm married, but I also have this very, very close female friend. I think that's I think that is a little strange. Maybe I'm maybe I'm on the Montaigne train. here. (laughs) It seems like you're coming around there. (laughs) Um, So I I guess. Is that where does that strangeness come from? Is that applied? Is that pressure you feel applied from the outside? Or I'm Do not, you not I know, feel I'm, that I'm not pressure? saying we'll just let you're on the hot seat right now. Let me I can go <laughs> on there eventually. But but I, I kinda I wanna my question I'm fully formed, but I but so do you feel like that that pressure or that strangeness is applied from the outside in? Or it, it, it's not that you don't trust yourself, because obviously you are deeply committed to your wife and I have no doubt you'd be faithful, but is but is it the idea that you wouldn't that there's something about that situation itself that like in in the same way whenever you sort of walk to the edge of a canyon you kind of have half there's like a small little part of you that's worried about like throwing yourself into it you know the sort of call of the abyss like is it is it like that kind of thing where it's like you just like don't don't even like that part of yourself like sort of percolating even if it's very far beneath the surface yeah, no, I, I think it's both. I definitely think there is a there is an element of that, of it being internal and of me being sort of worried about, like you said, I like that analogy of sort of looking into a cliff and and, and that, that small thought that you would never actually do it. But you but could. It was so wrestling. easy just to throw your, yeah, you know, yeah. Just, just uh-huh. sort of wrestling with that aspect of it. But I do think there is also externally just this idea of, uh, you know, I – I, I think it's a little weird. I I do. And I, I that's I don't know if that's maybe an unpopular opinion or not, but I I don't know. Let me what, what do you think about it? Like I, I don't know, we 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 sort of parsed a little bit my feelings on it. But but what about you? I know you're not married, but you've been in relationships before. Yes, um I am and you also one. have yes. female friends that are not I do that you're not in a relationship with. So how do you I don't know, how do you feel? Do you not wrestle with that? I had a uh this is this is a story. So I had um, so I I had a uh, so I so my my girlfriend came to my came to my my parents' house one time, um and so neither of us, my my parents, live in Missouri and so I, so I was sort of like I was bringing her home and then I uh, one of my really good friends who um who was going to college nearby, I I had her come visit at the same time because like you know we had. We, we've lived apart for a while and, you know, we go months to a year without seeing her. And so, like, I invited her over at the same time, too, you know. So, like, I was like, oh, good. So I can 
Because, you know, they had, like, she hadn't met my girlfriend either, so the idea, like, all right, I can, you know, I can introduce them and see my family at the same time. It's really good. Um, sure. And then my, and then so, uh, so at one point, I got up to get some, like, food from the kitchen or something, and my friend who was a girl but not my girlfriend came with me. And, I, and we were all, it was, like, after we had eaten dinner and we had sort of scattered around, and a lot of my extended family were there. It's not just my close family, but I had, like, a couple aunts and uncles and cousins and things like that. You know, it was kind of a bigger group. Okay. And, uh, and while I was gone, my one of my aunts said to one of my cousins, but clearly within hearing of my girlfriend, like, the idea was to address it with my girlfriend, but not tell her directly, you know? <laughs> and I only know this because my girlfriend told me about this later, but my aunt told my cousin, she was like, I can't believe he brought her here. Like, I, I don't know why he would do that or why he would think that's okay. I don't know why he would bring her here. And my, and when my girlfriend was telling me about that, it was like, I could honestly say it had never crossed my mind that me inviting a friend that was a girl over at the same time that this person I was in a relationship with, like, it really, it was almost, it, you know, it sounds silly, but it's almost the first time in my life I'd really had considered that that wouldn't be okay to some people, you know? And, like, I like I, I have, the way I was told, like, I, I don't, I don't ever, I don't think that my, the person I was dating, you know, is jealous or anything like that, but it was just, sure. you know, again, it's just, you see. It's I that mean, external, it is a little bit of that yeah, external pressure sure. on what other people perceive it. Let me, now let me ask you this question, um, because that might be a little bit of a different, well, not different situation. That is that is an applicable situation. But I guess what I'm thinking too is you're in a relationship now, mm-hmm. uh, as we speak. Uh, would would you be hesitant to form a new close female friendship? It, it you know it's it depends. I mean I think I would be I think I I would be careful in the way that. Of course you should be careful, you know? Like, right. Yeah, like, like, it's, you know, I, like, I wouldn't, because, again, it's, it's, you know, it's always hard to know what people are thinking or what, even what kind of vibes you are giving off, you know? Like, I have, I lack any ability to flirt or, for the most part, be attractive to the opposite sex. So I really you don't worry. So I really, <laughs> so I really don't. I don't even know what that would be like, you know? So, so like, there, there would be a possibility where, like, if someone... Like, I could, like, like it could be a thing where I just am so bad at even seeing those things around me or assume, or, you know, I just assume they're not happening. So, like, so like I do, yeah, like I, I, like, I would be careful, and I would try not to go overboard. And also, you know, there's, there's a certain deference, you know, like, I, like, I probably would be, especially if it was, like, a fairly new friendship. Like, I probably wouldn't say... Hey, do you want to go on this overnight trip to Seattle for a while? You know, like, like I probably like it's funny, but also like you know, like it's a thing where if I made a new guy friend and I was like gonna go, I don't know, I was going to a concert or to do something, like you know, I probably wouldn't find it too weird to be like, hey, I got this thing, do you want to go do it? Like, like you know, like I in the same way that that would be weird probably with a female friend, but maybe that's maybe that's not maybe I shouldn't feel that way. I, I don't know. I don't really. Know. I don't really know what society thinks I should be doing there. Like, like I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't. I will tell you, I, and this is this is me. We're mm-hmm. different people, obviously. Mm-hmm. I do not foresee a situation where I ever form anything close to, like a real, what I would even call a real friendship with, like a a, a woman. 
Like That's that seems yeah. strange to me. Uh, I I sub- the, I guess the only scenario where it might happen is if we sort of had a couple friend. Like if yeah. if there was a couple that we were close with. But even then, I feel like my onus would be more to be <laughs> friends with the man versus the woman. So it's an interesting thing where I think I can safely say that barring something sort of, you know, drastic changing in my life, I don't think I'll ever really have a close female friend. So this is weird. And, and that is that's strange, too, because in college, um, you're one of those people who had you had quite a the female friends you made were yeah. were were often very chaste um but were <laughs> it's, it's not a dig it's just a fact um but but like the connections you made like seem to be like you're the kind of person who i think is very skilled at making good friends very fast at least the way i've been able to observe you it seems like whenever you do make Thank a, you whenever you do make a good when you make a friend they often go from an acquaintance to like a pretty to a to again a pretty close friendship very quickly. I noticed that that would happen with with several girls where you know you wouldn't know someone and the next month you know like you'd be sure. like you know so and so's having a problem so we went on this sort of late night car ride to talk it out and there's never any <laughs> there's never any hint in those relationships often I think very clearly or at least implied up front that like there's not there wasn't really like those interactions weren't sexually charged at all. Like not to no. be, not to be crass, but like, sure. like, 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 but they're like, those were, those were very, th- I mean, that, that's what friendship is, right? Like it was the idea where there, it was two people caring for each other in a very deep way. Right. It just happened to not be of the same, the same sex. So yeah. I, no, absolutely. Are, but so that's, it's, there's something almost kind of sad about that, isn't there? That like you could that you don't think you could make another close female friendship. I think it's sad. It is sad to think about where those particular friendships are now because they have also sort of I don't want to say fallen by the wayside, but they certainly have dropped off in you know quality of friendship. Like they've sort of become friends from college versus Uh actual friends i think you know you and i have transferred from friends from college to just probably lifelong friends at this point like i don't foresee us not being friends you know yeah yeah yeah, you can't get rid of me yeah i can't i I wouldn't want (laughs) but but like at this point i look back and i go those were friends that i had in college that i don't really you know interact with on that level now i think that part is sad um and it it is a little sad, I guess, that it – well, I mean, just frankly, it is sort of weird to be like, I don't have a ton of friends looking for – you know, if you're looking for new friends, but I'm going to cut off half the population <laughs> right yeah. away. Uh-huh. Like, uh, but it just – I don't know. It, and and it might just be maybe more internal than I realize too. Like, I think maybe it's I, – I like – maybe I say it's external just to sort of avoid thinking about it internally, mm-hmm. if that makes sense too. Sure. Um but yeah, it, it it's a weird it's a weird thing. I don't know. It's it's where I am now, I guess, I would say. Huh. I hear it. In life. Yeah. Is there is it is is your child crying, Malcolm? I could hear I could hear I, heard, <laughs> I was hoping you couldn't hear it. I heard, she's uh, I heard screeching it, in the background that <laughs> she's uh it's it's kind of funny. Uh you've met her a couple times. Uh not to get wildly off topic, but uh, she is. Uh, she's, she's usually very pleasant. She's a cutie. She's usually very pleasant. Uh-huh. And in the last few 
days, she has decided that uh, she's just going to scream at the top of her lungs when she wants something. <laughs> like she just, she'll just yell until you get her what she wants. You know, and that's, it's a horrible phase. That is the worst phase she's been through. That's uh, you know, that, that's really the phase you want right before a new infant comes. Yeah, I like, yeah. You just... get, get to that phase. That's great. Yeah. You know what? This is just a funny story. Uh, I don't want to get us way off topic, and I know we're already at like time or roughly, mm-hmm. but but what? But uh, this, this is kind of sad. I have been, as you well know, struggling with my weight the last oh year or so. <laughs> uh, just sure. because ever since I had her, really, she's eighteen months old, so really last like year and a half, two years. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, my wife is very pregnant right now, and uh, my daughter has learned how to say baby. Like she'll point at the belly and go oh, no. baby. Oh, no. And now she'll come up to me. She will, dude. She'll come up and she'll point at my belly and she'll go, baby. Oh. Like, like, no. Stop that. I smacked her right across the face. No, I'm kidding. Into the <laughs> closet. Shut up. You into your cage. Kennel. Go to your kennel. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, she uh, she thinks I have a baby, too. Oh, that's I cute. wish I did. I wish I could just <laughs> just get rid of it. Just just yeah. Just poop it all out. Just one big push, you know. Okay. So so before we go, let's let's go. So I, there's there's a couple of very sweet sort of heartwarming sentiments this ends with, um, but I don't want to talk about that real quickly. Uh, and so this is <laughs> like this is a I'm about to throw out another claim that really could be its own podcast in itself. But I think let's take let's take five minutes. I'm looking at my yep. clock here. And try to unpack this as best we can in five minutes, okay? Okay. So, so here's here's sort of a real sort of sort of Sparknotes version of this, okay? So he says, common friendships can be shared, um, but in this friendship, and this friendship he's talking about, sort of the the deeper friendship that he's really the whole essay is really about. In this friendship, love takes possession of the soul and reigns there with full sovereign sway. That cannot possibly be duplicated. If two friends ask you to help them at the same time, which of them would you dash to? If they ask for conflicting favors, who would have the priority? If one entrusted to your silence uh, something which it was useful for that other to know, how would you get out of that? The unique highest friendship loosens all other bonds. That secret which I have sworn to reveal to no other, I can reveal without perjury to him who is not another. He is me. So what this is – so what I – so what he's really saying, at least in my opinion there, is that true friendship is not even something that – you can't have multiple true friends. Like that idea really is that the the friendship as, as the highest form that he's sort of talking about here is really something that you can have possibly only once in your life. I mean, maybe it can happen more than often, but but he seems to say that you almost can't even have two of those friendships at the same time. That like one, Kenny, am I your one true friendship? You answer me right now, damn it. You're up there. No. <laughs> There's well, only there could be only one. The, the problem is I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't buy that necessarily. Like, like I, like I, I, I. That's a little to me. That that's a little melodramatic formulation of it. Um, because I, but I also feel. To be quite honest, I also get one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up is because I think it's interesting the idea that if one friend tells you something in confidence, that would end up benefiting or at least would be of an interest to another friend. 
Uh, how good? Like, are you good at keeping those kind of secrets, Malcolm? Or is that, or is that a struggle for you? Uh, gosh, I, I don't want to. I, I hope I don't like say yes, and then you're like, well, really? Well, what about this? But, <laughs> but I feel like I'm good at that. I feel like I am pretty good about keeping things like between the people that it needs to stay between the one caveat I give to any secret that I keep from friends Mm -hmm. and I give it repeatedly. And this is just a philosophy that I believe in Mm -hmm. is that if Kenny, if you were to tell me a secret, I would not tell a soul except for my wife. Like I, the, I, like I, I cannot keep something from her but from anybody else, I think I could. I th- I, th- I think I have what have, done you kept, that well. what, what have you kept from me? Name name a thing right now that you've kept secret from me. <laughs> I don't think I've kept anything from you. You told me everything, Rockham. I know everything I think about I've, you. I think I think I've told you everything. This doesn't come up a lot in my <laughs> life. I don't have a lot of people coming up to me going, "Don't tell Kenny this." But here's the thing. Uh, no, I, 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 I can't, I would, I mean, at this point, I think the statute of limitations probably from college is out. If yeah, I can sure. think of something to tell you that you haven't heard, <laughs> I can tell you. But, yeah, dude, I, I'd be desperate for that. If you, if that ever comes up, please. please <laughs> I'll call. let you know. Please the call. second it comes up. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough What about thing. you? Do you think you're good at it? Do you think you, you keep secrets from friends? Should we keep secrets from multiple friends? <laughs> it's. You know, I I sort of get what he's saying where, you know, he, what really it's about sort of like the rank of your friendships, right? Like he's he, he's sort of arguing against the idea that like, oh, I have many equal, you know, friends who I love equally, you know. They're all sort of like my children, right? Like I can't possibly pick one. And I think that that's – that he calls out rightly that that's not true in different instances, you know. Like I, like I have different friends who – I hold in different esteem for different topics. Like, you know, like if I really want to like nerd out about one thing, I know that I can talk about this person. And so I, you know, I, I feel like different friends sort of, you know, give yeah, me different, fulfill different, yeah, different, different needs I have, but I, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm sort of like you, right? I, I've, I have yet to have someone, like in some sort of palace intrigue situation, be like, <laughs> now, under the strictest confidence, do not tell this to, you know, right. Mr. Jason. And then I'm like, oh, I must divulge. Like, you know, it's my one true friend. Yeah, it's, it, we, have, we have reached a spiritual plane that not even his wife and him have reached, you know, like it's not, <laughs> like it's, I don't know, I, I can't. So anyway, all right, well, that's about five minutes. So anyway, so that's, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot, it's a pretty short essay, but there's, I mean, we could have talked. There's about a it. lot in it. There, yeah, there's there's a lot in there, and though I think we only talked about two or three different claims from there. But uh, but there you go. So you know, kids, read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just read fucking, a book. Watch improvement. That's the lesson of this podcast. Buy a book. I don't understand why none of you do it. <laughs> Fuck. I'm just. I'm done. Kenny's the only one keeping Barnes and Noble afloat. <laughs> I, I sometimes, I sometimes single-handedly like I'm in Barnes and Noble with a book, and everyone else has like a fucking adult coloring book in like three calendars. I'm like, ah, 
fucking damn it. That's when, that's when, like, the deep inner pretentious snob in me is just like, fuck all of you. You don't deserve, you don't deserve this place. <laughs> you don't deserve this temple. <laughs> you're gonna be, you're gonna drive them out. <laughs> drive them out of the Barnes yeah. and Noble. Yeah. You have turned my house into a yeah. cafe. <laughs> into a Starbucks. You've turned my father's house into a Starbucks cafe. <laughs> oh, oh great. Shit. I love it. I there's a when we 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 moved here to North Dakota a few months ago and there's a Barnes and Noble here and uh, they were all shutting down around where I used to live. So yeah. it's refreshing to see one. We one have in Anchorage and this is quite serious. The Barnes and Noble is the only place in town to buy new release books. Like, of course, like, of course, like, Walmart sells the new Harry Potter or whatever. But, like, as sure. far as, like, if you're looking for, like, something that's, like, a little further down the food chain than that, like, Barnes & Noble really is your only option. And Anchorage, you know, it's, like, it's a winter town. So I, there's always a lot of people in there. I'm, I'm kind of joking. Like, there's, there's always a lot of people in there. But, yeah, you know, we have, a, like, then one other sort of okay used bookstore. But there's not a lot, you know. But that's a that's for a whole different. Yeah. Right? No, no one wants to hear the seventy year old in me. Oh, Kenny like, could go rant, on for hours ranting about bookstore availability. So let's just wrap this up now before I <laughs> sound more out of touch than I already do. So thank you all for listening to Friendship and a Two Friends podcast. Um, once again, all the places you can find us go on iTunes. If you haven't already, I'm not sure how you're listening to this. You can find it on iTunes, but uh, <laughs> anyway, instead, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. If you leave us a review and then send proof of it to Friendship and Podcast, right? That's why I said earlier. Yeah, Friendship yep. and Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, then we'll, we'll send you a terrible drawing or maybe even a painting. Maybe I'm in the mood. We'll see. Yeah. Um, also, so check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash two friends. Uh, some, like the last three or four episodes are on SoundCloud too, if that's more your speed for some reason. Um yeah. Yeah. And anything else? Did you get the Twitter set up, Malcolm? Did you say you were doing that? Did you get that? Uh, uh, oh my gosh. You know what? So we'll get it. it next week. All right. So Twitter's. We'll get it next week. Twitter's a bus. Oh no, I got it. It's it's Twitter. dot com, and we are at Two Friends Podcast. It's the number two. So Two Friends Podcast on Twitter. Come find us. We'll tweet out the links to the podcast. Very good. All right, Malcolm. That I could do my part, Kenny. I'm gonna see you in a few weeks. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be busy changing diapers. Okay. Yeah. Well, everyone wishes you well. Me and I don't know. I do. Five Sometimes. or so subscribers. I, I wish you well, and I look forward to interviewing your 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 son. Yeah. <laughs> I will. We'll do it. We'll do a live podcast from the uh, from the delivery room. See how my doing. A special one time live stream. We'll Friendship be, and viscera. We'll, we'll, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Oh, man. All right, Malcolm. It that was it was gross. It, it was lovely. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>